Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. All right, let's do this thing. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat Rage Radio has begun. I have Gabriel Morexi. Throwing it down with the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart. Monday Night Football this evening. Not exactly a glamorous uh, matchup, uh, but it's a game uh, that we think uh, we'll be able to win with. New York Giants take on the San Francisco 49ers. Niners are three-point favorites. The total is climbing up to 45.5 right now. Giants pay back plus 150 on the money line. Minus 170 for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, We've got... uh, Bunch of NBA games uh, tonight, NHL hockey. Uh, we've got uh, four games and uh, college basketball, in which I have not taken a look at the board yet. Although um, I believe Buffalo, the Buffalo Bulls are in action this evening. Hot uh, at uh, yeah at Southern Illinois. Buffalo, the question is, Buffalo. do you want to lay four and a half points? Nope. Uh, I like Buff- to take points. <laughs> Buffalo's Buffalo. lighting it up following the Buffalo yeah. Bills blowout win over the New York Jets. What's going on, Kim? What's happening, Marenzi? The Bills are hot. The Bulls are on fire. There's a t- fire in North Tonawanda. In Cheektowaga, they're giving it all away. Buffalo is on fire. It's erupting. Yes, the Bulls beat West Virginia outright as 12-point pooches in college hoops. And your Bills, 31-point winners as 7-point dogs. Who would have thought it? Buffalo, a happy day for a change. I believe both Buffalo Bulls teams are now ranked in the top 25 yeah. for the first Correct. time ever. Hey, good guy. That's a that's a great call. Exactly, man. They've, no, the Bulls, they've never both been ranked in the top 25 at the same time before. Wow, first time in history. First for everything. But are the Buffalo Bulls football team really ranked in the top 25? I don't really think they're in the top 25 of best teams. It's just because they're playing well, and it's it's, got, it's almost like a sympathy uh, vote. Yeah, put Buffalo in there. Give them a 25. Well, they, no, they are. They are. They are a very good team. They are. I don't think they're at the top. Like, the problem with it is when you play in a weak conference, Gabe, you know that. When you're in the MAC, you can get ranked. But if they were to play even no, some I haven't, that aren't ranked in the top okay. 25, they'll get murdered. Any Big 12 you know, or let's SEC see. team. I'm not sure that they are yet. Um, let's see. Maybe in the updated rankings they're going to be. Let's see where they'll they be were close. before the weekend. Yeah, they're right there. I mean, they're now nine and one. I'm seeing others receiving votes. They're still like on the outside here, but I don't know when this stuff's updated, right? You got the coaches poll and the AP poll and all, all the different polls. Let's check out the coaches poll. Yeah. Coaches poll. No one really cares about these polls all that much. Nope. Um, no, UAB no. comes in at number 25, though. The UAB Blazers are nine and one again, these guys. Some believe crazy. They rebuilt their program. <laughs> They used to be a basketball school. Now they're uh, turning it around with football. Good on, good on UAB. I'm happy for the small schools. I want them to do well. Got to give yeah, so we'll talk credit too, Gabe. Before the show starts, sorry to interrupt. Uh, that promo that of you, your gritty take, 
strong. It's Let's give him better. some love when we get. That was a better. Getting better. <laughs> getting better. No, he is. He's, he's getting better. <laughs> he he's aware. Yang's working on it. He's, he's aware. aware. He told me before the show today. He goes, man. <laughs> Working on these promos, I, I think I got yeah. some good ones coming. So uh, yeah, yeah, we're gonna let them. Uh, we'll just you know let them keep on doing them. We'll just keep you know, like you said, we'll give credit when it's a good one, and we'll say, hey, that's not good. But yeah, the the, the promos were like sort of a struggling quarterback, man. Like we had to think about you know, we, we you know we, the, 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 we had issues. We had to simplify the playbook, um, like it's going on right now across <laughs> the National Football League, but. Um, Last week, we talked about how the books um, got crushed, and I said, well, I didn't crush the books because I don't usually yeah. do well on the public, well, on the public's backs. This week, I'm reading that the books bounce back in a big way, and uh, the public lost to the books, yet, uh, as you know, we went 6-2 and two yesterday. So, yeah, see, that's, that's, that's the way it works. I'm used to this, where the public doesn't do well, and we do do well, so... Uh, give me, let me know. And you know what? I was, I wanted to get in. Uh, I was going to uh, get you last night, but you were on the air, and I was pretty beaten down after a long day on Saturday, so I fell asleep uh, during the uh, the four o'clock games in the second half. And I woke up mid game, Cowboy game, and uh, I liked the Cowboys in the over uh, last night as well. But it was a nice day yesterday, going six and two with our NFL bets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. I got the documented proof when you send the email there. I was happy for you. I know on Saturday, the Michigan game, very, very close. And if they would have done something early in that game, I know you would have covered because at late they just kept on scoring and scoring, but wasn't enough. It's hard to get up to that. I knew, I knew when Rutgers, I knew when Rutgers uh, scored on the punt return, I was screwed. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, the minute they get seven knew, points, you're done. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah. And you know what? Like you said, I was at the game and there was really no atmosphere at all. Like, I've never really been to such a lifeless football game, actually. Like, Rutgers don't really have any fans. So, you know, there were this, a few sporadic Rutgers fans, but they're not loud because they suck, so they just sit there. And Michigan fans are pretty much, as you would expect, they're pretty uptight and not that loud. Like, I was being told to sit down by Michigan fans. Brutal. You know, like, yeah, yeah, tell exactly. Tell them to shut up. You're, yeah, you're there, that's you like, paid the on. money. Yeah, yeah. So you're telling me to sit down? Like, really? I took a bus, a train broke down, and took me like almost all day to get there. And you're telling me to sh- to shut up and sit down when I'm cheering for my team? It wasn't Come over on. the top. It wasn't but over still, the top yeah, where yeah, like because I've gotten into it. I've gotten into yeah. it with people for like sitting, to, being told to sit down and stuff, where I melted off. So I didn't get into it with them, but you know, it was annoying. Like the Michigan fans were docile. There's no Rutgers fans. There's uh, the stadium really is in the middle of nowhere and it was cold and like windy and like it was just sort of a dreary Rutgers day. You could tell Michigan handled their business. I mean, they won by 35 points, right? Yes. It's not like they mailed it in, but, you know, they you could tell Michigan just wanted to get in and out of there. <laughs> you know, there's, yeah. you know, they, Go beat they, Rutgers. they were running the ball. Yeah, yeah. In the it, it was a business half. trip. It was, it was a business yeah. trip. You know, like, let's get in, get out, we're out. Yeah, it's like basically an in and outer. Yeah, they don't they don't want to hang around there for too long. Just take care they've of got business, one win more, the game. They've got one more game before the big uh, the game against Ohio State. They can beat Indiana. Ohio State this year. This year, this is a different this is different, man. Like Ohio State, 
they're not the, they're not the same team. And I know their defense showed up against Michigan State, but I watched all all these games on Saturday. Gabe, not that impressed. The offense was really stagnant. Michigan with their defense, they can really hurt these guys. Like Michigan's defense is that good, in my opinion, that Ohio State will have problems against these guys. This is your year. It's now or never, buddy. I'm sick of your. If you're a Michigan fan, you're sick and tired of of old Brutus beating you down every year. You know, boom, boom, boom. It's time for you guys to get some revenge and and punch Ohio State in the face. Yeah, I wish the game wasn't uh, at Columbus, but yeah. to be honest with there. you, yeah, to be honest, it just makes it more, it's just more sweet, right? It just, it, it is what it is. You want to be the best, you got to beat the best, you got to win on the road, it is what it is. And, um, you know, look, Alabama went in at LSU and took care of business. If you're a playoff team, you're able to win on the road, and you're able to win yep. a game like that. Uh, I think they can as well. It's going to be the biggest, you know, it's the biggest game in this rivalry pretty much ever. I mean, there's been a few big ones over the years, but, I mean, there's a chance that either one of them, you know, you know like you said, Ohio State aren't great, but Ohio State only have one loss. And if Ohio State wins the Big Ten, if Ohio State beats Michigan and goes to the Big Ten uh, title game, wins the Big Ten title game, and um, finishes with a 13-1 and record, I don't see these guys being uh, being held out or 12 and one record. I don't see them being held out uh, of the playoffs. There's still a lot of racetrack left as far as the college football playoffs are concerned, including Notre Dame taking on Syracuse this week at Yankee Stadium, which Syracuse, Syracuse are no joke, man. They're pretty good. Are gone. I, I, I'm cheering for Syracuse. I know everybody, you tell me everybody in New York, a lot of these guys are giant and Notre Dame fans. Well, I, you know, I got a lot of buddies, good friends, like real, real tight people that I've known since childhood, like big Syracuse fans. Our boy Fred Courier, shout out to you. Huge. We got Syracuse. It's nice to see them relevant. I'm glad they beat down Louisville, Gabe. We are both on that game. And at Notre Dame, they've had a, a cream puff schedule. A lot of their games have been pretty weak. Syracuse, man, they're not, they won't be intimidated in that game. I think they can get it done. It'll be a great game, though. No, they should, uh, they should, uh, they should give Notre Dame all that they can handle. Yeah, there's For a lot sure. of Notre Dame fans in New York, but there's also a ton of Syracuse grads in New York. True, like true. Ton. Like, I see a lot of Syracuse gear just on a daily basis, actually, across the city. I mean, there's there's a lot of Syracuse grads. It really, Syracuse fans are going to make the trip, too. It's not that far. It's far, but it's not that far. And it's such a big game, especially with Syracuse only having two losses, being ranked 12th right now. Yep. Uh, they'll jump into the top 10 uh, with this win. Massive football game for Syracuse, not just Notre Dame. Opening number was uh, Notre Dame minus 9.5 as well. A lot of points to be given, Cuse. Yeah, I saw a black guy today, Gabe. I went to the mall. This guy had the best style. He had one of those old Stephen Berries. Remember when we went like 10 years ago? Syracuse coat. It was the best. Straight up like orange and blue, like that blinding orange with Otto the Orange doing the Daniel Bryan. Yes, yes, yes. Like he's just a huge, or- <laughs> huge orange, like the size of my head on the back of his coat. And I, I almost drove it up over the curb. It was the best retro coat I've ever seen. Got to hand it to Stephen Berries. They used to have those uh, really cheap, like $20 coats. I know you had a Michigan coat from there, the, the old kind of sheen on it. It, like the old school starter I gave it to you. yeah i know i got it now they don't uh they don't make they don't make uh they don't make them like that anymore those are nice coats yeah the, well they're extremely flammable those um oh, all that's flammable stuff Paris, but, yeah. yeah it's very flammable I, I like the sheen on it you're right don't don't be near a match or, or any type of heat source because that thing will pew, yeah it'll, it'll pop for sure i had a uh i had a stephen berry's army black night jacket oh amazing that's great army's hot too i, I gave that one army. away too 
Oh yeah, Army's playing good football. I think uh, they're they're going to crack the top twenty-five. Um, they're they're playing good uh, football right now. It was bizarre today. Uh, just actually a couple hours ago, I saw, and you know, I would understand if it was like you know a Bills fan or something that was in for the game yesterday, but I didn't see. I saw, I saw one Bills fan yesterday morning, and normally you'll see a lot of Bills fans. I don't think as many Bills fans uh, went to the game yesterday. Like, normally game day in the morning, because I'm going in to do the NFL show at the studio, you'll see fans. Like, you can tell by, like, you know, how many people are going. Like, you know, you'll see fans on, on like, on the uh, going to the subway. Like, we're right near Penn Station. So, like, the weekend the Vikings were here, you couldn't walk, like, two blocks without seeing, like, people in purple and Viking fans, like, walking around the city and in the morning. Skull. They were all leaving the hotels, going to the game. Yep. Um, yesterday I saw quite a few Jet fans. You'd be surprised. You see the green, and they're going to the subway and stuff. They're going to the game. But I really didn't see any Buffalo stuff. I saw one. I saw a dude in a Buffalo jacket. He just might have been a local guy. But today I saw, like, a businessman type of dude. He kind of looked like Brian Blessing, too. It was funny. He was like a businessman type guy. But he, he had, like, a suit on and stuff. But over on top, he had, like, the cheesiest old-school Buffalo Bills jacket. And the same thing. It was like one of those sort of just weird ones you never see. It was like all red on the back, and it had like bills, but <laughs> the bills logo was on the bottom. It's just like a weird-looking sort of cheap bills jacket. I just found it bizarre that this guy was wearing it, a businessman. He had like a briefcase and everything. He's walking with his bills jacket on over his suit. <laughs> you got to represent, buddy. You got yeah. hey. Barkley played good, man. Like, what, what are you gonna, what are you gonna say? Like, for all the guys that they put in there, I know it's one game. It's very similar to Mullins, who we're gonna see again for the second time in San Francisco. But man, I just love the Bills' game plan. They went up there, boom, first play. Let's throw a bomb. You know what I mean? Catch the Jets off guard. Boom, perfect play. Then they do a fake. Jets aren't ready for it. Like everything the Bills did, and I gotta hand it to this team, man. And you know, Morency, crazy. I, I love your tweet too. Hey, the, the Bills play like the game of their lives, and I don't go to this one. It's true. Like you're like, I'm not going to the Jets game. Who would have expected that, right? But these guys actually, like, they didn't quit. The Jets were the team that got slapped around. Like it was nice to see. Like Buffalo, they're so weird. They beat Minnesota. They go in there as 17 point dogs, 18 point dogs. Win that game, seven and a half point dog to this game. They win by 31. Like they're a weird team. If they get any type of offense, man. And McCoy was rejuvenated. It was nice to watch. Unfortunately, earlier on the week when we were all bigging up McCown, you know, I had so I didn't look at my account, <laughs> and I'm like, why is there negatives there? Oh yeah, that's right. I teased the Jets when me you and Gamble were uh, talking about McCown. I'm like, wish I remembered that you know i hate when you look at the number and go that doesn't seem right oh yeah it's a lot lower but uh yeah man the jets suck <laughs> yeah mccown so had bad. a good year last he had a good year last year but yeah. he hadn't played since last year that's the thing that's the thing right yeah, great point i know he didn't he was he had a lot of rust in that game yeah and their team yeah, he, they're, he, they didn't bail him out either they played like shit they were garbage no they've got bad they've got bad wide receivers or they everyone's hurt on the team uh there's a lot of talk about their coach getting fired a lot of negativity around the jets uh, right now, I didn't see it coming. Look, I didn't bet on it. I didn't take the Bills, but I also didn't take the Jets. I just stayed away from the game. But you can't win in the National Football League without uh, decent quarterback play. I mean, it's tough. You know, you can win with okay quarterback play. It's not easy, but you can coach at home. But if you've got like putrid QB play, what the hell are you going to do? You can't win. And Nate Peterman was just subpar in his starts. Josh Allen was okay. You know, he would sort of get some first downs, and, you know, he was learning, but 
It wasn't like he was giving him stellar quarterback play. Derek Anderson was terrible. You know, Matt Barkley was able to complete a couple of passes, yeah. and they're, they're able to win a football game. Yeah, and that's and, and the thing I liked about their game plan was... Like they have a good defense, though. Yeah, no, they have a great defense. Not, not even good. They have a wicked defense. And the thing is, when you're a team that's that bad, I love the fact that they let, they let it all hang out. They were like a gambler playing with house money, even though they've had a bad year. They tried every trick in the book. Trick play, fake punt, bombs. Like, everything they didn't do, Gabe, like their vanilla offense, they're like, okay, you know what? Let's Let's try it this week. And it all worked. So I got to hand it to the staff. They did a great job there. And, hey, man, 31-point win is a seven-and-a-half-point pooch. Pretty impressive. Yeah, if you remember against the New England Patriots, that's they should have covered that. I was on them. I was on them. They should have won. They were running. They were actually, yeah, they were there, Gabe. They were there. They were running the Wildcat. They were yeah. running the Wildcat. They set up Derek Anderson, wide receiver. And it was confusing the Patriots because they didn't know what the hell yeah. the Bills were going to do. <laughs> like, yeah, the Bills had, like, ran, like, seven or eight really weird plays in a row. And they went right down the field, and it worked. You know, they should almost do that. I mean, this year's kind of a write-off for the Buffalo Bills with with Allen getting hurt. At least he played a bit. And, um, you know, he'll have have a little experience next year. Not as much as you would like, but I think at least he played a bit. He understands the speed of the National Football League right now. But, you know, the Buffalo Bills general manager has to do a better job. Yeah, get some offense. you could beat the Jets, but I'm not overly impressed. All right, uh, game time decisions. Mike Blewett is going to step up and in. Jamie Heath on the radar. Drew Dinkmeyer. Going to be a pretty uh, stacked, packed show this afternoon right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game time decisions. Red Heat and Rage Radio continues. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Wow. Yang. Game time decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio. We've just been informed Yang is going to be a grand uh, parent. Nice. Wow. Considering uh, Yang doesn't look all that old either. No, that's the thing. Like, he could be the youngest grandparent going. I like that. He has wow, the energy to, p- to play with the kids, Gabe. Like, you know me? I'm, like, beat down and old now. Like, it's it's tough. I guess uh, we'll call Yang Gramps. Yeah, Gramps. From, from now on. That, that's his new nickname. Gramps. Gramps. I love it. Grandpa. Yang's the best. Yeah, Grandpa Yang. Yeah, I told him they had yeah, to I've come been up with a cool name besides Grandpa. Like, you know, I need something yeah, a little Gramps. different. I like Gramps. Gramps is good, though. Well, yeah, you got to accept reality, uh, Yang. That's yeah, it. That's you're, what happens. You're, you're, you're a grandpa. grandpa. You get called Gramps. Gramps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like I've been called OG quite a bit uh, recently since I've been here, but it's not original gangster. I believe it stands for old guy, you know, so, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So congratulations, uh, congratulations yeah. to Yang. Good, good stuff. Work, yeah. uh, good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, Mike Mike Blewett uh, will join us around. Uh, in about, I think he's going to join us in about 20, uh, 20 minutes or so. Yep. Jamie Heath on the radar. Drew Dakemeyer will talk DFS. We've got the football game on the board here this evening. And uh, we've got uh, something about Mike Gundy here blaming uh, liberalism for transfers. He's not happy a couple of players have transferred from his program, so he's basically calling them liberal millennial pansies. <laughs> he goes, I think we live in a world where people are just noncommittal. We allow liberalism to say, hey, I can really just do what I want. I don't have to be really tough and fight through it. You see this with young people because it's an option they're given. We weren't given that option when we were growing up. In a world today, there's a lot of entitlement. I'm a firm believer in the term snowflake. I think it's uh, settling there. And I'm not talking about just Tabo. Tabo and I have multiple good talks. I'm talking about every millennial young person, Generation Z. I think that's what they call them. In the world we live in, because, uh, hey, if it's a little bit hard, they say, all right, let's go do something else. Versus, hey, let's bear down and let's fight and uh, do this. This is just general in society. Even if you work at Walmart, your boss gets after you and uh, tells you that you're not doing a good job. You may go home and cry and tell your mother, but your mom uh, may say it's okay. That's just the facts of life. Don't get on me about politics. So I'm not really sure why he's blaming liberals because a couple of kids decided to uh, transfer <laughs> from his crappy program. I, I like I like his style, though. Snowflakes. We had a hockey coach. That's what he used to call I remember we had this defenseman, Rich Peck. He's like, hey, Rich, you're a snowflake. Like, that's the way that, that coaches used to talk to them. Like, they berate you in the, in the intermission, Brent, so you know that. It wasn't like, great job, guys. You're doing a good job. He goes, you're a snowflake, man. He goes, you're a lamb in a den of lions. Like, get tougher out there. Like, he's, like, just yelling and yelling and yelling. Yeah, he used to call, that was his word for, like, when you're a pussy, you're a snowflake. He used to call people yeah, But you snowflakes. see, you see, and listen, I'm not, um, I've 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 talked about the millennial generation in the past before, but you know it's ridiculous to blame the millennials, yeah, uh, yes. because you know players have been transferring from programs forever. True. And the thing is, you're five and five. Maybe the kids just don't like playing for you. And you know, you know, the thing is too. Every time a player transfers, essentially, the coaches are always like, "Oh, a player's free to transfer. He doesn't want to leave. They're free to do what they want." But yeah, every time they do it. They get ripped after, right? That's the thing. They always get criticized. They get called quitters. They, they, we've seen this time and time again, especially recently, where coaches just berate players or rip them publicly after they after they transfer. Yet these coaches are the last people who should be talking. Oh, they, they leave, leave all, all the, time. the time. Yep, bowl and game. He's probably going to yep. leave. He's probably going to end up leaving Oklahoma State sooner rather than later too. So, I, like, I you know they should just shut up. Like, if a player wants to transfer, let him transfer. The rules are already stupid as it is. The kids have to sit out and all this crap if they transfer. Um, yeah, well, it, what, Gun, yeah, Gundy's just, he's a, he's a jerk. He's always been a jerk. But you notice most of these college coaches are jerks. It's a common I'm pattern a, with these I'm a guys. man. I'm 40. I'm a man. Yeah, no, Gundy, yeah, he gets fired up. Uh, he's, he's, he's a pretty fired up, angry guy. But, yeah, and we wouldn't have good stories sometimes when, when kids transfer. What about Gardner Minshew? Like, this guy went over to Washington State. Now look at him, Gabe. Another win for, for the Cougs. They go into Colorado and get it done. Like, these guys, that was a dangerous game. Like, he has a great story now. That quarterback's been amazing this year, right? He, 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 sometimes you transfer to get into a better position to help yourself out. You know what I mean? And now look at them. They were they were eighth ranked in the country going into that game with another huge win. Like, I'll tell you, yeah. Some, sometimes you need to transfer to get things done. I don't like you know you want commitment, but you also have to think about the big picture. 
You know what uh, I'm saying? Here's, uh, here's another jerk coach in uh, Will Muscamp. Oh, uh, yeah. Higher scoring game. I lost this when I had the uh, the under in this. Yeah, I never went yeah. with unders. Um, so he's ripping his team for their poor tackling and um, and their poor performance and losing a game. But he's just not a very good coach. And, you know, he, he's another one that just thinks that he's he's above everything. The kids are stupid. He's a genius. He knows everything. Yet, you know, he's just his teams are average on a yearly basis. And every year, South Carolina are always hyped up. They're a five and four football team right now. They've given up at least 200 yards rushing for the third time in five games uh, this year. I thought he was supposed to be a defensive guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's overrated. He's always freaking out all the time. You said it. And, and the way they lost that game, too, you're playing a Florida team that uh, got annihilated by Missouri, and they come back and down, and you couldn't you couldn't put them away. Like, they were brutal. In that fourth quarter of that game, yeah, Morenci, tough on that, the under. There was just no defense there. They just, South Carolina got carved up. I, I'm with you. Like, what's he ever done? Like, look at his successes. What? Like, never really been amazing, right? You know, like, where, where else? He went to the University of Georgia, but all the teams that he went he to, like Auburn good. everything. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's bounced around, but what's he ever done? Like, he never wins. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think Will Muschamp's one of the most overrated coaches out there. He's got a he's got a short fuse, too. He's always freaking out. After a while, kids tune that out. You can yell and freak out once in a while, but you can't do it, like, all the time, you know? that's He's always angry. This is, uh, this is interesting. So, of course, Jimmy Butler was acquired by the Philadelphia 76ers. And, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now there are reports about the other offers that were out there. Uh, for what, what else did they get offered? This stuff always gets leaked after, after the fact. Um, so uh, Minnesota was in talk. Of course, it's all started. They were in talks with, um, with the Miami Heat. That was the first team out of the gate. And uh, he tried to uh, get Josh Richardson. They tried to sell them Josh Richardson. And Minnesota wanted more. Of course, Pat Riley called Thibodeau a, a, an a-hole and, <laughs> and really ripped them publicly and said that the T-Wolves are really tough to negotiate with and they changed their deal like every two minutes. So that, that fell through. Washington offered, um, or excuse me, uh, Minnesota wanted Bradley Beal. The Washington Wizards were in the mix, yet the Wizards said no. Wouldn't give up Bradley Beal, which... Um, Somewhat surprises me just because Beal and John Wall do need to be separated. Uh, but uh, Washington wasn't into that. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans wanted Jimmy Butler. Obviously, they weren't going to give up Anthony Davis. Yet the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves wanted Drew Holiday in the deal. No, that's not happening. And the Pelicans said, no, they're not going to give up Drew Holiday. So it's interesting that... Um, it's interesting, especially in Minnesota, if you're Jeff Teague, that you know that they wanted to bring in a new guy as well as here but with the Pelicans. You know, you know, credit to the Pelicans for at least kicking the tires and trying to make themselves better. Jimmy Butler's overrated, in my opinion. He's good. He's really good. But he's also, he's proven that he's, a, he's, he's not the best teammate. And he's shown this in the past before. I'm not sure about the chemistry right now in Philadelphia either. It could work. I mean, Simmons is really good. Embiid's really good. He's really good. But I don't really think it puts them over the top. I still think they have more work to do. They, they don't really have any scorers, shooters on the team, really. They've got good players. I can't criticize the move. But if you're Minnesota, it's actually a pretty good deal. You know, people need to understand that Jimmy Butler put, you know, put everybody in a tough situation. 
when you publicly start bitching about wanting to get traded seven days before the season starts, yeah, you don't you get know, full value. You, market yeah, value. Like, and then you start sitting yourself, right, and playing games yeah, and yelling at everyone in practice. So the amount of teams that were going to line up were suddenly less. There's only, you know, you figure for a guy as good as Jimmy Butler would be, there would have been more offers than just from the Pelicans, the Heat, and the Wizards. But that's all that those were the offers that they got. So they end up taking this Philadelphia 76er deal. And you know what? Robert Covington does a lot of things for basketball teams. He's a good player. He can hit a three. He, you know, he'll, he'll do a lot of just, you know, the, a lot of things that the players on the T-Wolves don't do. So I think they did a good move there. And Sarich is a good shooter as well. This he is. makes the Minnesota Timberwolves better. It's up to Towns and Wiggins to accept the challenge now that, hey, we got rid of Butler. We think you two guys can do this for this team. It's up to them to actually do it now. Great point. Yeah, now they have to be leaders of this team. There's no more excuses, right? You talked about a Butler was a train wreck and, and ruining the chemistry. Well, they're the two two studs on that team. they got to get things done, Moran. See, the time for uh, BS is over. They have too much talent on their roster now. It's time for them to step up and become a good basketball team. We'll see what happens. I'll tell you one thing. Just love fading this new Laker team. You know, I, I, I lost big on the Cincinnati game, but the, the night card went great with Dallas. And, you know, I go, you know what? I'll take the points with Atlanta. Hell, they almost won the game, Gabe. Not for a, like a, a late uh, one-second block. Let they go with the, I, I don't even know what they were on the money line. Right now, the Lakers, ATS, they're 4-9 and nine against the spread. You can send your kid through college if you're betting big enough against these guys <laughs> right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm loving this, too, because we've been waiting for a long time. Being Raptor fans, watching LeBron just murder the team in the playoffs, I, I'm finding it very enjoyable just watching the Lakers uh, play like shit. Yeah, the Lakers are a uh, the Lakers are going to be overvalued because of LeBron. They sure are because of, because of the Laker brand name. So you can take advantage. You can take advantage uh, of of the point spreads. We got a bunch of NBA games tonight. A lot of uh, there's injuries on always, and people sitting always. It's a pain in the ass with this stuff. Like, the Washington Wizards are laying eight points, but I don't know, man. I think Isaac is out, and it uh, looks like Aaron Gordon's going to miss the game again tonight. So, you know, it's, I don't, you don't really know what to do with that, even though the Wizards have played better the last couple of games. Um, Philadelphia 76ers, they are – I don't think Butler's going to play. I've seen, contra- you know, conflicting reports, uh, but I, I don't think he's playing. He's going to make – I think he's playing Wednesday. So they don't have – they don't have Sarich. They don't have Covington. They're kind of shorthanded suddenly tonight here, the Philadelphia 76ers. They're at Miami. The Raptors lay nine points. It's cool points. being a Raptor fan, but it sucks for betting purposes. Sure they're does. nine-point favorites now all the time. I know. It sucks. Get no, we don't get any value. It's crazy. I know. I bet the Raptors when they're on the road now because that's where they, they lay a couple yeah. of points. Good point. You know, good they're point. good on the road. But at home, it's tough. And they've gotten backdoored a few times at home, too. Uh, yeah, well, because the, the lines are so damn big. I, I kind of lean Minnesota, uh, Miami tonight, Gabe, but maybe we should fade Philadelphia. Thinking about you it, we'll, we'll dig into that game a little bit more. You've got the Mavericks and the Bulls, train wreck. Uh, Suns and Thunder, uh, Westbrook's out there. Utah Jazz and the Memphis Grizzlies, that's not a bad game. Utah are three-and-a-half-point road favorites. Uh, the Sacramento Kings and, Sa- and San Antonio. San Antonio only lay three at yeah, Sacramento. Yeah, Crazy well, Sacramento don't suck this year. And uh, yep. then you got the Warriors and the Clippers. Warriors are three-and-a-half-point road favorites only in Los Angeles, but we'll have to check the uh, the lineups. All right, I think we got Big Cat uh, checking in here right up. Well, what, what's, what's up, Big Cat? 
Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call, and happy Monday. Hey, uh, good yeah, hey, stuff, sorry, Big Cat. Sorry about the riders there, uh, Big Cat. It was a tough game with the Bombers. But like we talked about last week, Cam, no quarterback really to speak of in bridge. Uh, you threw the, see the lame duck he threw up for an interception, basically turned the game around, missed a, an easy toss for a touchdown early in the game, which would have probably propped up the riders and sent him to a 10 nothing lead. But obviously uh, you've seen what happened. Yeah. Yeah, no, Winnipeg is interesting, the line movement in that game, too. And let's give kudos, Marenzi. We watched uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Like, they just didn't win. Like, they kicked the crap. Like, I haven't seen a playoff win like that. Like, they embarrassed BC. It was it was crazy, Gabe. Like, total domination, man. Like, crushed. You know, I like Bridge, too, but it's two years in a row. Me and Cam were yes. at the game last year, Saskatchewan and Toronto. Yep. Where Bridge just didn't make enough plays. To, uh, to win the game. I mean, they, they had numerous opportunities. I remember that afternoon. They had great field position, and Bridge just wasn't good enough. And I know he's, he's young, but he's also been around for a couple of years now. At some point, he's going to have to step up and make plays in a big game uh, for, uh, for, for the Riders or whatever team that he's on. And, and Zach Caleros as well, as good as Zach Caleros is, it's tough to count on him as your starting quarterback just because he's consistently too beat all up. The time. Yeah, always. It just hey, you guys, know I, he's I just, want your, he gets hurt all the I time. I want your opinion. I want your opinion on the Jacksonville Jaguars. They've disappointed me all year. Do you think they're going to fire Maroney? It just doesn't seem like a good match to me. No, no I don't think they're. No, gonna, no. I don't think they're going to fire him because they were very like almost a play away he's from going to the coach. Super Bowl. He is a good coach, but I, I disagreed with a lot of the things that they did yesterday in that game. Gabe, I'll just explain. Like you have. Uh, Fournette coming back from major injuries. You know he's been hurt ever since he came out of LSU. They're running the guy 24 times in the game. He just came back. Like, you have other guys on the roster. He should have, like, been, you know, kind of, like, babied into the game, give him, like, 10 to 12 carries. It was insane. They ran him like a workhorse in that game. And, you know, kudos to Andrew Luck and the the Colts. I know their defense is weak, but, man, their offense looks amazing. But I don't like uh, the game plan that they had, Gabe. I think that you got to be careful with Fournette because his next injury might be uh, a permanent one. Yeah, I think they're thinking, you know what? You know, this kid better be able to show us something, and we're just going to give him the damn ball yeah. right now. Listen, he's getting desperate. The season's falling apart for the Jags this year. Yet I think what will happen is they're going to make a quarterback change in the offseason. I yes. think that Blake Bortles is finally at the end of the line here. Last year, they were it was sort of masqueraded. Everything fell into place. They had an easy schedule. Remember, Deshaun Watson was hurt. Andrew Luck was hurt. They played against the depleted division rivals. You know, it was just one of those years where everything fell into place for them last year. It's tough. They need a perfect game, and they need to be ahead. There's just too many variables for them to win football games with Blake Bortles right now. But, yeah, they're a frustrated team. I doubt they fire Marone. I do. I think Marone is close with Coughlin, and they believe in Marone more so than they believe in Bortles. I know that they gave Bortles the contract, but there's buyouts, and they can't just continue to do this. They can't just move on and expect Bortles to get better suddenly at this stage of his career. I would expect a quarterback change more than a coaching change at Jacksonville. Well, one last question before I go, guys. Uh, as far as the NBA hardware tonight, I like the New Orleans, uh, New Orleans uh, plus nine against the Raptors. Uh, as far as our survivor pool goes, we're getting deep. We have 85 guys left out of 2,083 teams left. Uh, we're looking at either New Orleans or Carolina this week. Could you guys give me your thoughts, and I'll let you go and have a good day. All right, Big Cat. Have a good day, Big Cat. Well, Carolina's at Detroit. They're minus 200 on the money line. And uh, the New Orleans Saints are hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. I'd rather go with the Saints. 
You know what's crazy? That yeah, you did the defending Super Bowl champion, the Eagles, they're nine point underdogs. Well, you you, you the saw Saints that are game nine point night. favorites. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, Dallas could have won by more if they actually had a game plan. And Maher missed like kick a kick too. Like Dallas beat the crap out of these guys early. They just ran it down their throats. It was a great game by Elliott. The Eagles got a lot of problems, man. Their defensive secondary is ravaged, Gabe. You could throw in these yeah, guys would, all day. That's a rest. I would take going the against the Saints. I think the Saints might win that game by like thirty. I, I would take the Saints. They're minus three sixty on the money line. Nine-point favorites. Carolina are just four-point favorites. Carolina were minus three and a half in Detroit. It's uh, up to four now. Minus 200 on the money line. Mike Blewett uh, will join us next. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. A shout out to uh, to Gramps in the booth. Gramps, game time. He's he's going to regret yeah. telling us this now. Yeah, we can't call him Depends. Gramps, just say, "Come on, old man, you're getting older, Yang. Join the club." It's like the Rutgers kids mouthing, Rutgers kids <laughs> mouthing off of me on Saturday afternoon. They're like, "Screw you, old man." Screw call you, old man. <laughs> they did. That's the best. I swear to God, no, I swear. I got <laughs> I got harassed. I got harassed by Rutgers fans. Screw you, like, old man. Outside the stadium. I, I was really minding my own business, too. I'm not just saying this. Like, I didn't even acknowledge them. Like, I, I thought they were joking at first. Like, ha, 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 screw Michigan. So they sort of started F Michigan and stuff. Like, I was wearing a Michigan jersey. So I was sort of standing there and these kids, but they waited till they were like 10, 15 feet away from me. Like, they walked past me. And then they started mouthing off after. And they were like, F Michigan. So I looked over. I was like, yeah, yeah whatever. And no, they kept going, though. F you, man. F Michigan. So finally, I looked over. I said, you guys are, you're, you were outside of Rutgers. And I said, I hope you know after you graduate here, you'll be greeting people at Walmart. And um, they started mouthing off some more. So. Sort of went over closer, and I believe I told him, how about I smash your face in, kid? And then the kid's girlfriend basically said, we better get going. And, uh, yeah, it got pretty hostile, actually, with these Rutgers kids. Worst part is, they're such dumbasses, they weren't even going to the game. Like, they, they were going the opposite direction. <laughs> Who mouths off at someone outside and not even going in? Like, that, that was my only bad experience with, with the Rutgers fans. Everyone, I didn't have any problems anywhere else. Like, there really aren't any Rutgers fans, to be honest. Like, I, I didn't see any. <laughs> I, like the, I like that dive bar that you talked about where you can, uh, you know, you, you drink what's in my the, nap. Five, five bucks. Can I drink oh, yeah, what's in my bar. nap sack? Yeah, I love yeah, that. The, the di- the, yeah, the dive bar uh, <laughs> The dive bar was a good time. It sure was a was. real dive bar. But, uh, yeah, that was a good time. We hit it up after the game as well. And, uh, yeah, let me tell you, there were real cast of characters there after dark. <laughs> stayed, I stayed there for a drink or two. And uh, then I hit back. At least, at least the train didn't break down coming back uh, from the Rutgers game. It just broke down on the way there. Yet I've gone to a New York Giant game 
and I've gone to a Rutgers game, and the combined travel has probably been about 12 hours. You know, like, it's you can't make this stuff up. It really is an unpleasant experience to go to a football game uh, in the city of New York, as Mike Blewett would know. Mike Blewett joins us. What's up, Mike? I know it all too well. I just experienced it recently. So you and I have are on the same page regarding just the inability to comfortably go to any sporting events. It's uh, they make it as hard as possible, especially in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah I, I could drive. Is, to, I have, could drive to New York quick. I could drive to. I could drive to Detroit quicker, Gabe, than you and Blue it going to the game. And it's like it shouldn't take that long. You guys are in New York. It's like the hub. Yeah, like, but what the hell's going what's on? What's baffling? Here? What's baffling is they don't put extra trains. Yeah. So yeah. basically, they know. Yeah, you know what? There's 80,000 people going to the game, and about 60,000 of them are going to be taking this train. But let's not put extra trains. Kim, let's just have I, our regular schedule. I, and then hours. act surprised. Then they act surprised that the track is overrun. And, you Kim, know, the I, thing is, too, imagine being a daily commuter. Where, yeah, like, I remember, ahead, Mike, when we played the Giants game, there was just, like, normal ladies coming back from work after yeah. that were, like, getting yeah. pushed out of the way by Giant fans. <laughs> they probably didn't get home till 9 o'clock at night. Crazy. Because Giant man. fan was like, I'm getting on this train. And they were just they pushing people out of the way. <laughs> yeah, they hate it, too. I mean, you and I did the show together that day when I went to Colts uh, Jets. And I left. I took. I left the one segment early. Got over to Penn Station literally minutes after. It's literally across the street. That stadium is about six miles maybe eight <laughs> miles from penn station it took me an hour and a half they didn't run That's any extra nuts. trains none none no Get extra up. trains yeah wow I just sat in sea caucus for a half an hour just waiting for a train as did hundreds of other people i i i knew i was going to be late I was working, so i knew i was going to be late i thought i might get there at 1 30 instead 2 15 that's ridiculous that is crazy. Is I gave at least now, at least now, like when I went to Union, because uh, the Raptors are so successful and they're telling people, you know, don't drink and drive and stuff. They used to be like every 30 and 40, but now on Raptor nights, no, Raptor and Leap nights is 15 minutes. Like you can so go Raptor to Raptor like, fans. Yeah. Raptor yeah. fans need to be, uh, like, since the yeah. team's successful now, they've yeah. been told yeah. not yeah. to yeah. drink. Too much. Yeah, no, I'm partying. Like, you know what I mean? I'm just saying, though, you, get a, you can get a bus or whatever to the Burbs every 15, 20 minutes. That's amazing. It used to be like one an hour. If you, if you miss one, you're done, right? Well, yeah, people lock, bitch. Lock down there. People bitch and whine in Canada. That's their deal. Yeah. <laughs> like I, same thing. Like it is. It's like the. Yeah. Um, it's like the deal with the Montreal Expos before. People used to complain the stadium's too far. It takes ten minutes on a train. It's literally ten <laughs> minutes. Like from downtown, yeah. it literally takes. Well, I think, like if you went, if you got on, like literally at the last stop or like the first stop on a line, and went to the Olympic Stadium. It might take you 18 minutes, like, from one end. But basically, that subway station where the Expos play at Olympic Stadium is literally, like, seven minutes, eight minutes from downtown. And people used to complain. Well, there's no bars outside the stadium. It's too far. It's like I used to say, what do, you, do you want the stadium in your backyard? Like, where exactly are you going to put the stadium? Like, I, you know, it's always too far. Like, people just You bitch, just reminded but, me of a story. I, I, I know I told that story on the show the other day. Uh, with you and Corey, where I went to a Jets-Steelers game in, like, 1990, and there was just and just an absolute onslaught of melees between the two fan bases. It was really <laughs> something else. I mean, it was it was the craziest uh, I, incident I've ever witnessed inside of a stadium. However, it did remind – I am reminded now of you telling the story 
I went the night before Thanksgiving. This is probably, let's call it 17, 18 years ago. I went to Leafs Sabres in Buffalo. Oh, yes, Mike, yes, yes. The Leafs fans were (laughs) bussed in, and they were not shy about the booze on the way. And many, many people were tuned up and looking for hockey fights in the stands. My buddy, yeah, yeah no, I used, I used to go on those tours. Like, I've, I've witnessed fights, like Lee fan and Sabre fan. Let's go. Just right in the middle of the street, let them go. Even the cops would let them fight for a while. Then they'd break it up, right? Like, yeah, I'll tell you, I Mike. In, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great <laughs> yeah. point, Cam. I was in the arena. I was with, like, my girlfriend and her parents. I, that's the that's the setting I'm in. I'm trying to go to Thanksgiving yeah. dinner, basically meeting the parents and the mother <laughs> for the amazing. first time. And <laughs> three hammered dudes behind me that are clearly – uh, from Toronto are just waiting for it, whether it's me or somebody next to me or so- they were just asking for it. They were screaming down to the ice to get Rob Ray to just get him to fight so then they could <laughs> fight yeah. in the stands. Razor. I remember yeah. it vividly. <laughs> Razor. Mike, vividly. I'll tell you, Gabe, Gabe knows this story. I, I, was at a, I was at a Sabres game, and we used to get tickets from the casino, but they were the worst. Like, It was the top, top, top row. Like, you know how steep it is, too? So it's at the top, right? We are, like, literally at the top of the building, like, near the scoreboard. Like, other, like, it is so high, right? So it's all people are just wasted. So there's beer everywhere, and the Leafs score. I'm, like, I'm wasted, too, but I can handle myself. You know, Marenzi, I'm pretty light on my feet. But I slipped, and I dove, and I went through a guy's chair. Like, I broke a plastic, you know those plastic chairs? Like, snapped it in half. And I'm like, sorry, 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 guys. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, it was crazy. Like, he, I thought he was going to get up and kill me, but he saw I was just, like, laid out, covered in beer. And then, yeah, I, I didn't even get kicked out. My buddy got kicked out because he, he was lipping off to another. Those Leaf Saber games are epic. No, I, Gabe, I broke one. I, like, I broke one of those chairs, went through it. Like Chris Farley, the chair. <laughs> the security so, was not active you, that night that you, I was yeah, there. No, they were just letting die, it go. You could actually die at one of these games. Like, if you fall the wrong way, I thought about it afterwards. Like, my whole body was purple and black. Like, afterwards, like, just a bruise all everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, man, you could break your neck or something. Those, it's, uh, it's, it's a great steep. show. I love this show. Very steep. <laughs> I remember, too, a couple of years ago, there was a drunk fan in yeah. Buffalo. If you guys remember, he fell from the upper deck. Yeah, that's what like the stupid exactly. idiot sort of started like hanging, and he fell from the upper deck down. He landed on people too, and um, he's he's lucky he didn't kill anyone. Now this is oh, good. for sure. I'm just saying this story. Did he survive? Here. Yeah, he did actually. Yeah. He's banned. Wow. They arrested him. He's he landed banned. on yeah, people. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't fall into the lower deck. Look it up on YouTube. Bill Fan falls from upper deck. <laughs> he's lucky. Like he he basically fell like you know ten fifteen feet. You know. Into yeah. the next session, like so into yeah, the didn't, loge. He, yeah, exactly. Upper deck to he the land, loge. Didn't he? Didn't sort of landed on people and into the seats. seats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, this is this is pretty funny. Um, yesterday, I guess uh, before the Bengals game, fire alarms went off in uh, yeah in, in Paul Brown I, Stadium. I'm yeah. sure they did, it, alerting alerting everybody that there would be no defense played by the home team. So it turns yeah. out. Why the fire alarm went off? Sean Payton smashed it. Whoa! Sean Payton smashed the fire alarm during the pregame speech. <laughs> wow! So, wow. like they, like yeah, they don't like they don't know. There's pictures of the smashed fire alarm, so I don't know. I'm I'm guessing that the fire alarm probably went off. Like there's there they don't know. Like if Payton was the one who set it off and what happened, right? 
he was just but or it was off. going off and Peyton just got pissed off and started yeah. smashing it. But they're saying that it got the team fired up before the game. <laughs> that Peyton sure started did. smashing the fire alarm. We just talked about it last week with Peyton. He's crazy. Like the players like him because of this stuff. Like most coaches would just sort of walk out of the room. Peyton like picks up a baseball bat and starts smashing. <laughs> That's what we have. We bet on the Bengals, too. I wish we would have known that. I mean, he took yeah, a year suspension, and bad, bad. there's a lot involved in that. But I, I bet on some level that the players just kind of respected that he took the year suspension and came right back to doing what he was doing. Yeah, you know, exactly. On, on, on some you know level, what was lost though, in that, though? Yeah. Was the accusations, and it sort of got swept under the carpet, of that they had, uh, that they had a um, – they had headphones installed in the in the booth upstairs to listen to the communications in other teams' helmets and what was going on. That they that it was installed. I think I don't know. The league swept that under the carpet. I think it was sort of baked into the cake with the suspensions and everything because they that that was going to be a problem. Like really, the the bounty gate. It was an overreaction, really. But I think it was sort of a. It was a whole thing of the accusations of that, of the fact that they were spying on other teams. Uh, I mean, the guy that installed it said he installed it. I mean, and they found it. I mean, they, and the Saints were like, no, 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 that was just for us to talk to each other in the stadium. It's like, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> you know. And, and also, you had the Bounty Gate stuff. And also, the Saints were at the forefront of, of excessive drug use. And yeah, that was use. what that was all about. Yeah, yeah, uh, and basically the players coach, like basically free access to pain dude, killers. Dude, there was yeah. they were unaccounted for. Basically, they were yeah. just sort of there were bowls next to the bubble gum, like in a baseball clubhouse. Here's the pills. Here's the gum. Here's the chewing tobacco. And yeah, I guess like it got to the point that it was excessive. Like they were going through thousands of pills, including some of the coaches. Wink, wink. Right. That everybody was just basically baked all year on that team. <laughs> and the league stepped in and said, guys, now, this is the funniest story ever. It's not funny, actually, but it's pretty crazy, and it goes to show. So, basically, uh, the DEA had to call in all the NFL team doctors. And this happened about two years ago. And they said, listen, it's out of control. You guys need to start documenting this stuff. You can't just, like, you know, it's unethical for from a medical perspective you need to document how many pills you're giving people and who are you giving them to, right? You you know, this is, it's out of control. And basically, the NFL doctors, like, scoffed. Like, the DA guy, he goes, you, you wouldn't believe it. He goes, these doctors were mouthing off back at us. I guess one of the um, one of the doctors, and it was implied that it was a Cowboys doctor, like, basically laughed at the DEA and said uh, that, you know, our uh, U.S. senator is the biggest fan of the team. You ain't going to do nothing. And... All the doctors basically mocked the DA, said the NFL is bigger, bigger than than the law, that you guys need football, and this is how the NFL works, and, you know, just deal with it. I guess the DA told them, listen, we're going to start arresting team doctors. And one of the doctors said, you ain't going to do anything because whatever, because we have the senators and we have all the politicians, and you're not going to be able to do jack about this. And I guess one of the... The doctors, you know, brought it up because you're not allowed bringing drugs across state without documenting it. And they do this all the time. So I guess you're only allowed to do it on Air Force One. So I guess one of the team doctors said, 
you know, what about the president? And I guess the DA got real pissed off. It's just funny that they, you just, I mean, you know, they just take it for granted. Like, they're like, what do you mean we can't do as many drugs as we want to do? Yeah. <laughs> and look, it's, yeah, it's become a... I mean, they obviously have tons of guys that are addicted to painkillers and yes. uh, they have no shot, no qualms about uh, giving out tour doll shots. You know, HBO Real Sports has done pretty extensive investigative work on that uh, tour doll. But they're against CBD oil, and, yeah, and marijuana. And, right, and they so they have guys lined up twenty, twenty-five guys at a time before the game to get a tour doll shot um, and other types of painkillers. But uh, yeah, you can't you can't enhance uh, or seek other means of pain management, which um, seems silly, especially since many of those pain management uh, alternatives are legal in, uh, I mean, more than half the country now, half the states. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> this is actually pretty, <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. It goes on. So Peyton, uh, Sean Payton's getting defensive about it now. He says he didn't destroy any alarm. He said, uh, the word destroy is being sensationalist. <laughs> he, said, it, he said, it kept going off. I just needed the noise to stop. Uh, Peyton says he'll uh, take care of any cost to repair it. And it's pretty crazy that the Bengals actually alerted authorities that an yeah. alarm was, that there was vandalism and damage done. What a bunch of wusses. You guys lose 51 40. What do you mean? You're, you alerted the authorities. Now Peyton's saying he'll pay for it. He's saying he'll pay for it. Like, really? Like, how petty? That's how cheap, man, that Paul Brown. Like, that, that, like you know, yeah. we always hear about Paul Brown and that Bengals and the Brown family and everything about them being cheap. But you really? You're going to report this to the authorities because an alarm went off and a visiting coach smashed the alarm? Come on, man. Yeah. Fix the freaking alarm and worry about your team getting smashed. They also fired their defensive coordinator today, Terrell Austin. Uh, is out, and they broke an NFL record yesterday by allowing 500 yards of offense to the opposing team <laughs> three weeks in a row. Wow. That's NFL right. Yeah. Record. Wow. Yeah, how about Atlanta, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Oh, what a train wreck that Buc- game was. How about the Buccaneers <laughs> getting nearly 500 <laughs> yards of offense and scoring three winning. points, which had never been done before. Yeah, and they just 400 yards past they- they just cut uh, kick Cannon Zero today too, just a, like a few, uh, like yeah. an hour ago. Oh, of kicker. course, why not? Yeah, well, of course. Yeah, well, he mi- he the missed too. Fall. What about Cody Parkey? He hit four bars. I didn't. You can't even do that if you wanted to. Four goal it's points. Pretty amazing. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Bonus points. I want to talk we about those, that Eagles secondary when we come back. I heard Cam sure. talk about it earlier. I got a note on it. Sounds good. Mike Blewett with us. Game time decisions. Yeah. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions.
Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Gabriel Morenci, the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart uh, with us, Mike Blewett uh, throwing it down with us. Jamie Heath, thesportsbrokers.com will join us a little bit later on. I believe we've got Drew Dinkmeyer, although it's, uh, it's always a surprise between Dinkmeyer and Ricky Sanders. But yeah, I think it's, it's good, Dinkmeyer. Yeah. Either way. Uh, great, great, great advice. Matt Yang can let us know. Yeah, either yeah, way Gramps. is good. Yeah, Gramps will tell us. Winner yeah, yeah, fi- yeah, if you can, uh, find out, Grandpa. Um, <laughs> <laughs> back to live if, action, fellas. Yeah, back right, to live babysitting, did. Gramps. <laughs> <laughs> good luck, Gramps. Uh, so Mike, Mike blew it uh, with us. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, uh, Mike, our picks were uh, were red hot yesterday. We went 6-2 in the National Football League. and it would have been 8-2, and two, actually, but I fell asleep, and I didn't post uh, the other two, although yeah. I told people all day on the air that I like the Cowboys plus the points, and I thought the game would go over the number uh, as well. As the Philadelphia Eagles, and I've said this many times about this Eagle team, is that the Eagles had a great year last year. The Eagles had a great year last year, but it doesn't mean that they're a great team. There's a difference between having a great year and being a great team. I agree completely. So last year, they used 28 different combinations of offensive line. It was, I believe, the most in the NFL, but it was indicative to me that they were able to get competent play out of those guys all the way through the back half of the season and through the playoffs. To your point, they were having a great year. Peterson was doing a great job. Obviously, he managed without his left tackle, without his middle linebacker, all these offensive line combinations, a backup QB. He, I mean, he deserved every accolade that you can get, but it didn't mean that they were going to turn the page and uh, everybody's healthy, so we're going to be great again. Uh, you know, this does happen with uh, Super Bowl winning teams and playoff teams. They they can get complacent or they can't quite capture recapture the magic again. And to Cam's point that he made about probably a half an hour ago, if you play fantasy football and you haven't been picking on the Eagles, and this is DFS or seasonal, and you haven't been picking on the Eagles defensive backs, then you're not paying attention. They've been brutal. And the only guy that they had that was competent was Ronald Darby, who was a top yep. 30 cornerback, according to pro, pro Football Focus. Guess what? ACL yesterday, he's out for the year. Sidney Jones and Jalen Mills weren't playing yesterday. They may or may not come back. And if they don't, it's Rasul Douglas, a fourth-round pick, uh, Avante Maddox. Uh, it's a UDFA Shandon Sullivan and Cravon LeBlanc. They have to sign somebody because they may not even have enough bodies. So that's the state of their defensive backfield right now, uh, and their corners in particular. And versus it's the been Saints, Mike. <laughs> what yes. are you going to do against that offense? Yes, the worst possible not... scenario. <laughs> exactly. Man, it's so, bad. It's a tough spot for them. That's why the Saints yeah. are nine-point nine, nine point favorites in this. And you can be banged up and, and, and will yourself to victory, but not against the New Orleans Saints you can. The Saints have no done way. a great job uh, of not letting up. They really just, you know. They're punishing teams. They, they right now. I mean, they're they're they're, they're yep. a juggernaut. Uh, yeah. the I mean, we talk look... about those. You know, we talk about the high profile injuries like Cooper Cup and uh, AJ Green. I'm just thinking that the Eagles may not be able to recover from stuff like this. Yeah, Mike. You know, it's we crazy talk about, too. We, we talk Sorry, about. Cam, I was going to say game. last week yep. though. Last week the Saints were only five to one after beating the Rams. The Rams yep. remain plus three fifty. The Rams remain plus three fifty. I mean, the, the books in the West Coast just love the Rams. 
So they're the favorites, plus 350. The Saints have gone, though, from plus 500 to plus 400. Go ahead, Ken. No, that's what I was going to say. And, like, you know, I'm not afraid to admit it. Gabe, you're on fire, but we both, you know, had the Bengals. And what, the first five minutes of that game, I'm like, I regretted my bet. I wish I could, like, buy back, but it was already over. Like, you know what I mean? These guys score on every possession. Mike, these guys don't have soft spots. Like, the key of betting, you know, you find a spot for a team. Like, kudos to you and the Tennessee Titans. Another blue pupil beating the master in Belichick in Tennessee. They're good Crazy, spot yeah. for them. You know, like it's it, you, you look for spots. But with the Saints, they never take a week off. Like, every week, Gabe said it, Sean Payton prepared. And they never let up. They're still going. They were up on the Bengals by, like, 35 and going for it on fourth down when they wanted to. Under fourth and two. Like, this team's different. Like, they Saw just, that, they, yeah. they're like the old Patriots. They want to beat you down. Yeah, I, I think maybe it's because they realize, and certainly Peyton does, that because of the absolute elite talent that we have now at QB, wide receiver, and running back, we can game plan anything we want. And it doesn't mean that uh, they they can absolutely run roughshod over everybody. But if they're getting competent offensive line play, how the hell are you going to cover them? Honestly, they're, they're down to their fifth and sixth wide receivers, and it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter that it's Austin Carr out there or it wasn't Dez or it's going to be Brandon Marshall. It doesn't even matter. They don't even have to go that deep into the uh, the too deep uh, on their roster in order to get explosive plays. Yeah, that kid from uh, Temple, uh, he, he stepped up, and he, 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 had a, he had a few catches too. Like that guy was basically practice squad. He 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 didn't look out of place. That's how good the offense is. And I got to give Peyton a lot of credit too, Gabe and Mike. Know what he did? Great coach. He realized, he, yeah, he realized yeah. he he realized that Ingram was kind of losing. You know what I mean? It's all Kamara, Kamara, Kamara. What did he do? He game plan. Take a look at Ingram's numbers against the Bengals. He went off. Like he 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 gets a really good read on. That's the genius he, of Drew Dinkmeyer, yes. uh, Cam. Yeah. Yesterday morning, mm-hmm. yesterday morning, Drew Dinkmeyer joined us. These are the intricacies that you need to know to pay, you know, pay attention when you're playing fantasy in DFS. But Dinkmeyer brought it up, and he said, guys, he said last week Kamara absolutely went off and had a ton of touches. And he said last time Kamara went off and had a ton of touches, the next week they gave the ball to Ingram more. Like that's sort of the luxury of having these two guys. You know, they'll load up one week with one guy, and then they're like, all right, Alvin got a little beat up last week. And he was still scoring touchdowns yesterday, but Ingram still got his, and they give Ingram the ball in the fourth quarter and then, and yeah. later in the game. Peyton does a great job. He's done a great job, Mike, of managing his talent, but it was a good call by Dick Meyer to, to single that out. I put Ingram in my lineup. Look, I, I won 10 bucks. Um, I won 10 bucks, but actually wasn't a millionaire maker either. It was like so a $3 entry. I ended up tripling my money, which isn't bad, uh, yesterday with my lineup. My lineup did pretty well yesterday, but the thing is, some guys just put up monster freaking numbers yesterday. Yeah, so if you had Zach know, Ertz, it was a high-scoring you know, day yesterday. He needed Chubb, yeah, yeah. Chubb in there. He yeah, Nick huge. Chubb was a big one. Um, and, and to Drew's point about Ingram and the Saints in general, you're looking ahead at schedules. The Saints have four games in 18 days, starting yesterday. So they were not going to be able to run Kamara or anybody else, for that matter into the ground so what do they do yesterday 16 touches each right down broadway if they could do that every week for every game for the next four games those guys will be considerably fresher when the page turns over to december the uh, new england patriots have fallen a little bit too plus 650 so the super bowl odds rams plus 350 saints plus 400 chiefs plus 500 
Uh, Patriots now the fourth choice. So the Patriots are plus 650 after uh, getting punched in the mouth. Are you panicked on them after yesterday, though? Are you panicked at all on them? That was a surprising blowout. But I'm not panicked, but they are. They I are. if they just put their foot off the gas a little bit. No, it's not, give, it's not yeah. panic time. But at the same point in time, I don't think they'll win on the road in the playoffs. I think they can win at home. I think, you know, if they play the Chiefs at home, they could beat them. I This is a different Patriot team. I don't think they can go on the road and win in the playoffs, Mike. So... Every loss that they have in a regular season that sort of loses another home field or home field advantage for them is critical, in my opinion. And, like, if they don't get one of the buys, they're in a lot of trouble. I, I sincerely believe this. I think they're, they're, they're fortunate, and they take advantage of the fact that they play in, in the worst division in National Football League. Yep. Or at least Amen. one of them. I mean, of the course. Jets, the Bills, and the Dolphins, are, they're inept. <laughs> Train wrecks. They just are. Yep. And... You know, you look at other, like, imagine if the Patriots were being pushed and they played in the same division with the Steelers or the Bengals and the Ravens, at least, yeah. or, you know, just any other teams that actually have to compete, the Vikings, the Packers. You know, they take advantage of it. To me, the Patriots are like a college football team that dominates a bad conference. And then when they go to bowl games, they, they have a tougher time. Now, I know there's yeah. a great track record with them. I'm not calling them bust or anything like that, but I just don't see this Patriot team going on the road and beating teams in the playoffs this year. Yeah, I think that's fair, and they already have their third loss, just to, for those people counting. The Steelers, Chiefs, and Chargers do not yet have their third loss, so I'm not suggesting all those teams will run the table. Three double-digit losses, Mike, too. They've been blown out yeah. in those games. Yeah, yes. keep in mind the Chargers are obviously in second place, but you have three teams now that uh, are pacing ahead of them. The Steelers obviously playing really well. Um, you know, And on this front, and teams that are pushing, Kansas City is – going to have a huge challenge in Mexico City against the Rams next Monday night. You know, the Rams have an opportunity to clinch the division next week. Week 11 will be the first time uh, a team's been able to do it that early since the 07 Patriots. So they uh, they can put the division away in week 11, the Rams can, next Monday. I think I they will. You, yeah, they will. I'm leading with the Rams you. in that game. Yeah, but take a look at the Rams there, guys. Like, I know the offense is great, and they came back, and but they had problems against Seattle again. That's both games where the Seahawks marched it up and down at will against these. They guys. have, like, you know what I mean? I'm taking a look at the yeah. Rams, and like people are like, oh, I see people on Twitter, oh, you know, Rams and Chiefs. I, 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 you forgot about the Saints. Like I look at the Rams D, and I'm thinking, wow, people must be licking their chops. Like they can score, but they give up a lot. I think they still have some holes, guys. I don't know what you you guys are thinking, but Seattle kind of exposed them in the two games they played them. Took a two point conversion for them to beat them the first time. They got lucky there, and that game against Seattle. But they, they always play forth, tough. Back and forth. They do. They, they always they, they always play they the tough. Their, their, de- their, their defense, though. Their defense. Didn't they rush? Work, I saw a stat that, you know, it was sort of like the Bucks. How many yards did Seattle rush for yesterday? Uh, oh, it was a yeah, lot. That, Russell that, Wilson It was crazy. Davis, too. Yeah. Oh, Penny yeah. went nuts. Penny's first like that, They rushed. It was had, the most yards they've ever rushed for in a game losing like they've the seahawks organization i think it was 300 so i have him right in front of me so yeah. russell wilson nine carries 92 yards rashad penny 12 penny. carries 108 yards mike davis Correct. 11 for 58 and tyler Lockett, yeah. 18 yard carry hey, so that's big that's, big that's gashing them. yeah yeah they set a record on 34 carries yeah they've never rushed for that many yards in a loss before so and it's huh. weird too because they played pretty well against the chargers the week before but the Seahawks are playing well. They're not I think a terrible they're a pretty team. Good team. The Hawks, yeah, I, I'm with you. Yeah, I, it's I just the, the schedule's been tough good. for them. Yeah, the yeah. schedule's been tough, and they're just they're on the wrong end of these games. But they they can still yeah. battle back in an NFC 
that uh, that no one's really stepped up like with the playoffs. But yesterday, guys, with the Cowboys winning and the the Eagles losing, that really was the best case scenario for the uh, the Washington Redskins. Yeah. Right. Like the Redskins yeah. now are two games clear on these guys right now. And say what I you will, I talked about that game all week. It is, but Washington, they're in control now. Like, they really are. It's a mess, but they're Very literally so, another yeah. win or two away from locking this thing up. I mean, they're up two full games on Dallas. Uh, what about the tiebreakers and stuff? Like, if you look at their uh, you look at their division record, they've won both their division games. Uh, Washington has. They're, they're in a pretty nice spot right now. They just need yeah. to win a couple of more games, and they're going to lock up this division. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, there were a couple of surprises yesterday. I really did think Philly would get the W last night. I thought Atlanta would get a W yesterday. I'm out of my survivor pool. It's finished. There was only two of us left, so I'm done. I lost on Atlanta. Um, I, uh, I can't really complain. Uh, I, I thought they were going to get it. The Eagles good run, were second right? choice. Yeah, I had used a bunch of other teams that I would have liked to use yesterday. I'd use the Chiefs. I'd use the Packers. The Packers, I thought, were the absolute lock of the week uh, on a money line bet. I, I didn't think. I thought Miami was in the worst possible situation for that game. So unfortunately, I'd used them. So I went with Atlanta. You know, on the road against Cleveland. I, I you and I talked about Atlanta pretty extensively yesterday, Gabe. I, I was a little surprised. I didn't trust them that in that spot. Yeah. yeah. No, I just didn't Actually, trust them in that spot. Back-to-back yeah, road games on the East Coast yeah. slash Midwest was a bad spot for them. Yeah, yeah. It's a tough one. I mean, they got gashed. Um, so they were out of gas, at least defensively, uh, yesterday. But uh, you know what was nuts yesterday? I'm just looking through all the numbers. We talked about Fitz throwing 400 yards, and we've talked about how the league is changing. I was just looking at a scroll of how uh, – players scored yesterday in fantasy and matt ryan was the 12th leading quarterback in fantasy yesterday so you think ah it's not that special he's a qb1 but not that great the guy threw for 330 yards and two touchdowns he was 12th in fantasy in fantasy That's a modern yeah modern modern nfl 12th. man. modern nfl that's that's the world that we're living in right now um all right before we get you out of here mike what's your take on tonight's game uh, with the uh, the New York Giants and the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I, you and I have talked about this in the past. The Giants aren't the type of team like you see with the Raiders squad that's an absolute inferno no, right they now. Quit. Just, no, they haven't yeah, quit. Yeah. The, the Giants, typically that doesn't happen. you got a couple of star players that are motivated to win games. They're not trying to tank. They're not trying to get out of town. Barkley and Beckham are going to be there for as long as – the Giants will have them, and I don't think they're the type of team that gives up. It isn't an easy spot, but I think that the Giants have a shot here tonight, so I'm not overlooking them by any means. I'm looking at the uh, the optimizer right now, and I'll take the three points. Sa- Why not? It's pretty San Francisco heavy. I like the three points as well. Um, it's pretty it's pretty uh, San Francisco heavy. The the optimizers. Um, there's more. They got. They like leaning with more San Francisco players, but a lot of the Niner players are, are cheaper, just because Barkley's expensive. Odell right. Beckham obviously That's is right. expensive, but listen, the Giants have played. Kittle. Uh, Kittle is someone that uh, they like. Kittle is in sixty uh, percent of the optimizer lineups. Um, the, the Giants have played better football on the road. Like Eli Manning has played his best games on the road yes. at Houston, at Carolina, at Atlanta. The three games on the road, they and they played four games on the road. The first one was uh, week uh, was a week one at Dallas, 
But for the most part, they played better football on the road all season long, Mike. Yeah, no doubt about it. You mentioned it yesterday. I think the pressure is off uh, when they get on the road. It's been, you know, when Eli is a guy that's been here for for almost 15 years, is hearing the Boo Birds at home, I, I think it rattles the team in general. And the team, the fans don't like the coach. They're done with Eli, so they get on it, and it's a more of a hostile environment at home, ironically. Mike Blewett. Great stuff, Mike. We'll see you next Sunday. Take care, Mike. Good luck tonight. Take care. Thanks. Mike Blewett, the Steeler fan, uh, with us. We, uh, We do a show with him Sunday mornings with Corey Parson. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Thanks to Mike Blewett for joining us. Game Time Decisions continues. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. iHeartRadio. The DailyRoto.com NBA lineup optimizer is now available. Subscribers are crushing it on a nightly basis. You can also uh, check out the DailyRoto.com Elite Package, giving you access year-round to the uh, suite of successful tools and projections. The DailyRoto.com subscribers have been using to print money in the NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, and PGA Daily Fantasy. When you sign up for the Elite Package, you'll get the new NFL betting tools that they've rolled out, including against the spread, money line, game totals, player props. Head on over to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, and check out the Elite Package. Uh, If you don't have a problem uh, with winning money year-round, you're going to love it. Enter promo code FNTSY for a special discount and start winning today and uh, we'll go over quite a bit of dfs in the six yeah. o'clock hour cam yeah i was just checking out the story morency uh, you're in uh, new york new jersey now a lady a lady in uh, hamilton uh, was buying a loaf of that uh, nice texas toast italiano bread and there was a mouse in there you hear about that story it went viral craziness at a no oh, it was a mouse grocery store yeah in the bag of bread yeah so people are freaking out in Hamilton, New Jersey, or Hamilton? No, uh, Hamilton no. on uh, yeah, Hamilton by me. Uh, yeah. Ham- yeah. <laughs> yeah, Steel Town. Um, Crazy. <laughs> there was a live mouse like moving around or dead? No, he he was dead. Yeah, yeah. He was he's, he he got in the bread and then suffocated himself because you know the they have the plastic there, right? I guess uh, he bit the dust. That's not good. He, That's not no, good for not good at all. He, nah, no, very bad. Very bad. You don't, you don't really want to know what goes on, like. No, I don't. I told you. No, that's, my, I'm scared now. <laughs> I have, uh, of course, my ex-girlfriend, may she rest in peace, uh, was a, uh, one of my ex-girlfriends was a, um, she was a food inspector. Whoa. So she knew, oh, she knew, like, everything about everywhere. And um, she wouldn't let you I didn't want to know. I bet. Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't want to know, but she basically told me, like, don't go. She goes, like, I remember walking <laughs> past the place, and she goes, uh, she goes, don't go into that place. 
And she goes, there's like rats, man, size of like, you know, dogs in the kitchen running around back there. Yes. I once lived I once lived in a really bad place. Well, I, you know, a couple of bad places, but I once lived in a really bad place. And I woke up in the morning, and I put a piece of toast in the toaster. I pushed the toaster down, and I electrocuted a mouse. So the mouse screamed and basically oh, jumped out the of the toaster. toaster. Oh, no. Yeah, scared the shit out I of me. I would dude. lose my mind. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, can you imagine all like eight in the morning? You put it and you just hear, ree, 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 and like you're like, what the hell? And a, a mouse jumps out of the toaster at you. I, I got to tell you something. That, that's a good good point. That's why I like the toaster oven. It's got a door. The mouse can't <laughs> open the door. Like he can find, he can go through the stuff on the top. I thought about it. My buddies actually said, I go, yeah, you always had a toaster oven. You don't have a toaster? He's like, no, no, I don't like things getting in the in the slots. And I thought, I was like, well, this guy might be onto something there. If you're in a bad neighborhood, you know, a lot of critters, they can't open up the the, the windshield. <laughs> to get now, New, York, <laughs> New York is known for, like, big rats and stuff. But yeah, right. I know. I, saw, I told you. I was I've, seen more, right? I've seen more in Toronto. Pizza. Yeah, yeah, Toronto. yeah. I've seen more in Toronto. Rats. Oh, yeah, like everywhere. the Toronto, they're, they're scurrying around. There's a lot of them in the subways Your and stuff. Name, they are here, yeah. too. But, but um, my old neighborhood, Liberty Village, I never saw any. I, ne- I never saw any, but downtown I would, like, just yeah, sort of. Older areas, older areas where it's wet, swampy, gross yeah. with a lot of those 99-cent slice places. Like, yeah, your old place, like at Young Street there, there's rats everywhere yes. there, man. You get, yeah, yeah. You get they're, on, they're, you get on the rats. subway there, you look underneath, there's, like, everything. It's like it's like African yeah. lion safari there, minus the lions. Everything else, yeah, but, uh, yeah underneath, ooh, but, scary. Uh, it happened to me the other day. I was walking down the street, man, and. I just sort of heard some the scurrying. <laughs> I looked and I'm like, oh my god, he was massive too. Yep. He was massive. Yeah, and he just sort of casually walked back, you know, under the fence in the bush. He was like, he was near like a hot dog stand. You know, somebody yeah, yeah. must have dropped some of the bun, yeah. and he was, you know, they he, love, he sensed yeah, it. They love they love street meat and, and buns. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like. <laughs> It's so funny. now, I was, I was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. whenever I walk on that street now, like I get creeped out because I know they're there. Like there's a bunch of bushes, and I can I just know they're there, right? So, and I'm always it's only it's on Wednesday and Friday nights that I walk down this street in the dark. Like in the day, I haven't had the problem, but you know, like I'm not gonna lie. The last time I walked down the street, came I crossed the street. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. Yeah. Last, last time I walked here, I saw a fat ass rat. I'm crossing the street to the bright side of the street. <laughs> hey Gabe, I'll tell you something. I went so I went to uh, the the mall with the KFC today, and I'll tell you it's the same thing. So they they got all sorts of deals. I looked, and just what you talked about, there was at least like two three hundred pigeons. Like I've never like the birds. Like I've never been like intimidated. Like when I lived up in the uh, up up in the Arctic, there like the ravens at night would kind of scare me because they're big and they're they're very like mischievous and dark birds. Like they're very you look at them, they're not like little pit like they're big big birds and they don't really <laughs> like humans, right? And they always stare at you like real mean. Like they're really scary, especially you're walking home after a couple drinks. So you're you concerned you're gonna, get, you're gonna get attacked? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like people were freaking out. Like they were we were in the the strip mall and people were just stopping and looking. Like I've never seen that many birds. Like. I guess there's uh, maybe, yeah, like bread or like loose food was around there. There's a lot of restaurants in that area, but it was concerning. Like it was just kind of a health hazard, man. Like I don't want to be around that many like pigeons walking around. Like, like they, they took over the parking lot. There was a million of them, man. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy. 
Yeah, I know. So you said it. In, in New York, those rats are big too, man. Yeah, they're like they look like house cats, man. They're they're huge. They're big, fat ones. I will never. I told you. I saw the guy, the mouse. Like he's like like, like he was working that piece of pizza like a slice of pizza. It's still got a little bit of weight to it. He was manhandling it like that. Rats just they're tough. I wouldn't want to deal with rats. Um, legendary, um, le- legendary um, cartoon cartoonist. Oh yeah, Stan, uh, Stan Lee. Lee has passed away. Yeah, ninety-five That's, years old. Guy was amazing. Stan Lee was great. Great. I, used, I still have some comic books. Actually, I, I, they're hard, they're hard to get rid of these days. Gabe, when I was running hard up for money, he um, yeah, he um, legend. Hey, he created uh, Spider Man. Spider Man. Yeah, correct. It's pretty. Yeah, co-creator. Like they're uh, him and somebody else. Like, who knows who the other guys? He's he got all the credit, but co-creator Spider Man, Thor, and the Black Panther. Um, not bad uh, characters to create. You know his his life the last few years. I mean, he's he's he was ninety five years old. Uh, so you know, may he rest in peace. But I know uh, the last few years have been tough. Basically, his his uh, his greedy kids have been uh, like screwing him over and fighting over the money and stuff because they knew he was going to be going soon. Brutal. And you know, obviously, like they're real ugly stuff. Like, yeah, they're. They're arguing about the future rights because the estate will still make a ton of money forever. It's not as though oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's dead. They're going to stop making great, Spider-Man movies, right? Great point, Gabe. Yeah, it's, it's like cash for life because that stuff, yeah, as the trademark continues through time, it just, yeah, they'll just keep on getting checks. Yeah, that's a huge, huge estate for sure, man. That's sick, though. I hate when people do like, it. That stuff disgusts me. Like, you know what I mean? You're waiting for money at the end. Like, my mom had a friend, too. It was the same situation. Like, I went, I went to actually high school with this guy, and... Him and his mom broke up, and she was really sick, and uh, she was good fr- uh, friends of our family. And my, our family, my dad used to help her out, and we'd help her lift things when she got old. Yeah, the ex and the kid, like, tried to, like, rob her blind, like, because she went a little, like, she lost her mind. And they, like, tried to, like, she had to actually get it over. Like, my mom had to help, like, with the estate so the ex-husband and the kid wouldn't rob her while she was, like, in a nursing home and stuff. It was disgusting. A lot of people are like that, Gabe, you know, money grubbers, man. It makes me sick. Uh, here's a weird story, like it's, it's, you know, that Stanley's Stanley's blood was used to sign Marvel comics sold in Las Vegas. That's what I'm saying. Like weird stuff happened to this guy at the end. Like I, I don't know what they did. Like I'm reading about uh, like elder abuse and stuff. Like basically, yes. the people you know, around him were taking care of him at the end. You know. Yeah, blood was signed to use Marvel Comics. Yes, I'm just reading the story that you're reading now. Yeah, they're like the, the ultimate Sick. exploitation. Yeah, so it may it was probably for the best. May may he rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, may 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 he rest in peace uh, right now. All right. Um, so uh, we got NBA basketball uh, here this evening, uh, NFL football. Looking at some of the props here, you know we've been very successful. It was a nice call by me yesterday uh, with uh, Andrew Luck over two hundred fifty nine and a yeah, half yards. Saw that one. He uh, he almost got it in the first half. He crushed. Man, he had a great what a what a, what a performance by Luck. Yeah, he got to like two seventeen. He was at one hundred eighty seven, I think, in the first half. Two seventeen early in the third. Then he was sort of stuck on two seventeen for a little oh, while. I know. They, they were I wasn't the really concerned, but. He only got to 289 after. I only won by like 25 yards or something, 30 yards. I know. Yeah, I thought um, he was, was going to throw for 400. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so Eli Manning's number tonight, yeah, it's a little high. I'm not, I was hoping to be a little lower. 276.5? Yeah, 276. That is high. That is high. What do you think about yeah, Mullins? Eli Manning. 236.5. 
I don't know, man. That's that, that's low. Oh, Two thirty-six and a half. I got no faith in Mullins doing it again. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't I, think Mullins is going to be as good. I prefer Mullins over Eli, though. I'd rather bet him at two thirty-six and a half than Eli two seventy-six and a half. That's well, like we said. Eli's are sharp. Eli's had some big games on the road. I mean, he has. Will yeah. he? Will is this? I'm not in love with it. Like put it like if Eli Manning was two forty-eight and a half, two fifty-two and a half, like. The two seventy six and a half, a little high, you know. It's it's just, it's a doable number. Just it doesn't jump off the page at me. I'll put it that. I way. like Barkley. Oh, I think Barkley can get to seventy one yards. You saw what Ezekiel Elliott did against a good Philadelphia run defense. That guy went bonkers last night. You know the high high stepping, like that was crazy. The hurdle job. I was like, holy jeez, man, that was that was something to behold. Barkley. You gotta believe for the Giants to be successful, they get a running game going, and then and then Eli can start chucking her around, right? You gotta establish uh, the pass through the run. Seventy seems low, and they got Matt Breda at fifty-six and a half. Look, yeah. One thing, no Cam with two hundred seventy-six and a half yards with Eli Manning. He's played eight games this year. Yeah, he's gone over this number six times. That's good. Very good. Yeah, like so. That's why it is what it is. Because I, I I talked about it earlier. I mean, Eli Manning has played better on the road. Like if you look at the yardage numbers that he's put up, uh, 316 yards against the Washington Redskins, 399 against the Falcons, 281 against the Eagles, 326 uh, against the Panthers. So that's four four weeks in a row he's gone over this number at 276 and a half. Uh, yeah, he against should, the Saints, 255. That. Houston, 297. Dallas, 279. And then in the opener, 224. So as I stated, only two games this year he hasn't gone over this number. So if you like Eli Manning over, you'd have to like uh, Giants receivers then co- and correlate it. If you think he's going to throw for over 276, which guy do you like yeah. the best? you got Beckham at 96.5. You have Ingram at 40.5 and, and Shepard at 59.5. So definitely if you're going to think he's going to go over that, there's one or two of those guys you'd probably like to target then with the over. If you think Eli's going to chuck it for over 276.5. Well, looking at the uh, the player uh, total reception props, so Saquon Barkley is six and a half. Pretty high. Um, Odell is. Beckham is seven and a half. It's a is lot Beckham's of catches. Beckham's gonna have. You think Beckham has that many catches? Yeah, he can. he's had he eight have, catches. He could have eight or nine. Yeah, like they've been targeting him quite a bit. He's had double Correct. digit targets in basically all but one game this season. And pretty consistent, actually. 11 targets, 11 targets, 10 targets, 14 targets. So he's had eight catches, six catches, eight catches, and eight catches in his last uh, four games. Still, seven and a half is ambitious. I would lean towards the under, to be honest. I mean, he's got into eight. He's not getting to nine and ten. You know, the number's set pretty high because he's Odell Beckham. It's a good number by the book. Like, it makes you think about the under game, but I wouldn't be comfortable betting it because I think he could get eight catches tonight. I know, I know, I know. Eli's going to go to him a lot. Like, that's the thing about the Giants now. It's kind of like we talked about with Blewett. It's like they're going to be sitting all over the place. Daily Roto hasn't projected for 6.31 catches. Let's go. That means you like the under, yeah. If you only think that he's going to get over six, six and a half to seven and a half, yeah, you got to catch and a half with some leeway room there. Sterling Shepard's four and a half. They haven't projected at four and a half. Interesting. What about George Kittle? Four and a half. George High juice George Kittle still. is four and a half. Yeah, his juice is fifty cents. It's funny how they have Sterling Shepard at four and a half. His juice is thirty eight. 
Kittle's juice is minus 150. Beckham has the high total, but his juice is uh, less juice to the over than the under. So, yeah, Kittle's four and a half. They have Kittle projected for 5.46. Oh, that means yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why he's and minus you know what? 150, Gabe, at four and a half, <laughs> if you like yeah, the over, and he, 50 cents. You know what? I will play this. You know, the Giants, uh, Giants have had, uh, they've been torched by tight ends. Yeah, I like Kittle I don't know if he uses the word torch. Torch is a strong word, but tight ends have had some big games against them. Yep. Now, what did Kittle Kittle uh, do? Uh, what did uh, Kittle and Bits do um, Kittles with the Bits? last game with with Mullen? How many catches? He was pretty effective, remember, actually. If I recall, Kittle's been remember he's been banged up too. So there's games that he's left early and stuff. Like so against Oakland, just... he was targeted four times, four targets, four catches with, with Mullins, but he had 108 yards. One of them was a big one. Yeah, I'm not in love with it. It's a lot. It's a lot Should of juice. There. It's a lot of juice, man. I'm it telling was interesting. you, man, he's not, what, the props what, get what, sharp, Cam, as the year goes what, on. What about total sacks? Oh, it's five and a half. That, See, that's I like you got to get to six. Yeah, yeah exactly. Four and a half, you'd be like, yes, because I think we can get to five. But, yeah, it, it yeah. changes everything. These, these props are sharp. I don't like sharp. that at six. I don't like it at six. I only do six if I'm really, really sure that. Um, all right, let's look at the player receiving yards, if any number jumps off at us here. So Beckham, 96.5. Evan Ingram, 40.5. Sterling Shepard, 59.5. Kendrick Bourne, 28.5. Marquise Goodwin, 46.5. Man, I've been burnt on Goodwin props a couple of times this year. I, 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 I'm not a fan of it. Like, I'd get suckered in, but I've been burnt too many times. And Kittle is 64.5, which is pretty freaking high. Well, take a look at his recent results. 108 versus Oakland, 57 versus Arizona, 98 versus uh, Ram, uh, the Chargers, sorry. Yeah, and then 30 versus Green Bay, 83 versus Arizona, 125. Yeah, he's he's had some big, yeah. It's, and and know, know what the crazy thing about that prop is, Gabe? Take a look at this, how consistent this guy is. Here's his last two, four, five games, okay? Five catches, four, five, five, four. What's his total tonight? Four and a half. <laughs> you know, like flip a coin, right? He's what's he gonna get? Five catches, four, eh, all somewhere. Yeah, there. these like, these props. They're sharp. I prefer the quarterback good. ones because they're too high and yeah. they're too spread out. So I'd almost just prefer to play the quarterback yards. But it goes to show actually the correlation here, actually, Cam. If if it's you know, especially with the Giants here, six and a half for Barkley, seven and a half for Odell. 276 and a half yards. Basically, they're telling you the Giants are going to throw the ball a lot. Like, this makes me like the Eli prop more because they've got, basically, the sports book is calling out for 14 receptions right there between the two of these guys as it is. And thing, I don't really want to mess with seven and a half with Beckham, but it wouldn't surprise me if Beckham was able to get 108 yards or so. Yeah. Right? He usually does get in that range which will chew up 100, 110 yards of the 276 yes. that I need. He'll have that one then big I just catch, need Barkley. Yeah, Barkley pops a couple of screen plays for big ones. I'd rather sweat out the Manning yard prop than worry about who's catching the passes. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. Jamie Heath next. 
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Only love can make it rain. Gape the way the feet. Game time decisions. The gramps. Critique. It's all right. right. Good, good song. Not wrong yeah, yeah, I like the song. Yeah, it's all right. It just starts off a little slow, Yang. Yeah, yeah. rain. I, I, that's the thing. Slow intro to the buildup. That's the key. Yeah, you know what? You know what, Yang? Actually, you can save this song in a rotation. Just but started from a different point. Edit it. No, it's like it's like Radio 101. No, no. It's like uh, with intros like that, you play that as the extras. Because yeah, we talk over it, and it builds up into the extra, and you go out. You come well back put. in, it just takes a long time to get. The, Good. You, know, you can't yeah. you know, got to wait for it. Need the rock in the beginning little, the, and the beautiful little tricks. Good call. Yes, the tricks yes. you learn after 18 years in the biz, you know. Good point, Marenzi. Yeah, yeah. Hard, hard in, soft out. Softer out. Good point. And then it gets heavy, and then you, know, you go out. Yeah. Or we just scrap the song altogether. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't have a problem. That's with actually song, one of their better songs. That's CCR's better. Song. You didn't like the, the real slow one, like, Who'll Stop the Rain? I think yeah, I didn't like it, actually. That's the thing. Fortunate Sons, because it's like, down, 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 like that. the problem was, like, I remember yeah, 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 Who'll Stop okay. the Rain? It's like, just a long time. No, you know what the go. problem with the CCR you went, song was? Meow. It yeah. was played too much. It was almost like daily. It was like part of a rotation. Like I could yeah. live with it once in a while, but I didn't want it. Like, I didn't want to hear it all the time. But I, I somewhat miss it. That Ruby Tuesday had to go though. <laughs> oh, that's the Ruby Tuesday. Too emotional. I got enough problems. In, I don't uh, need to hear it in music. Good, good point, Gabe. Good point. Uh, let, let's bring in. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's bring in Jamie Heath <laughs> right now from uh, thesportsbrokers.com. What's going on, Jamie? What's going on, fellas? How are you guys doing? We're just critiquing the music that is being played on the show. And you wouldn't think it would matter, but our our listeners are on it. Like, you know, we played Bon Jovi a couple of times, and uh, people didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were like, it was all right the first time, guys, but uh, too much Bon Jovi (laughs) on the program. (laughs) You know, I'm not Bon Jovi. She's a little runaway. What? Good song. Runaway, yeah, that's the song. That's how it started. We played the runaway. And then, you know, then our boy Yang started playing like all kinds of uh, Bon Jovi. (laughs) I'm looking out the window here, and. There's a bridge outside my window. Now, one side of the bridge has a walkway with, like, a barrier to protect you from people. The other side doesn't. One guy on his bicycle is smart enough to be walking his bike across the bridge on the protected side, while for some reason there's, like, a punk rock chick with a backpack that decides to walk on the side with no barrier. Like, why would somebody do that? In a high-wind situation? I I just don't understand it. Like, she's literally, like, two feet from the, the cars that are going pretty quickly. Like, exactly. You know, one of these drivers looks down at their cell phone. She's getting smoked. Yep. But uh, nevertheless, um, Monday night football tonight, uh, Jamie. New York Giants and San Francisco 49ers. Listen, it's not a glamorous game. Uh, but game. really, all it, all it really matters is if we win a bet or not. I mean, whatever, Correct. glamour or not, you know. That, if they play the game, that's, that's all we can do is bet them. Absolutely. When it comes to a one in, uh, 
one and seven or one and eight uh, giant team, and and the Forty ers I think, are two and seven or whatever the record is. But yeah, exactly. Uh, Pride takes uh, initiative in this one, and of course, as a betting perspective, you want to you want to be on the right side of this game for sure. There's no doubt about it. So, uh, I happen to really like this game a lot tonight. I know you do as well, Gabe. And you know, it's uh, yeah, I've been locked in. I've been locked in on the Giants actually all week, so there's no turning back for me. I already yeah. have them in the contest. Said uh, we went five and one in the Golden Nugget uh, contest this week, and uh, we've been on quite a run in this Golden Nugget contest. After our five and nine start, we got up to uh, we built it up to thirty six twenty five and two uh, going into this week, but we're five and one now, so we just jumped up to forty one wins. Yeah, I think we we got a puncher's chance here, guys, uh, in this contest. we got to keep it rolling. But, you know, there's always that buyer's remorse coming into a game. They are the New York Giants, after all. And Nick Mullins did look great in that uh, in, in his first start last week. Yeah, one it was one game. game but Oakland. I, can understand, I can understand, Jamie, why people like make an argument uh, for the Niners in this game, too. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those games. They're two bad football teams, right? I mean, it's hard to really lock in one side here, in my opinion. But you know, I do lean with I do lean with the Giants. Uh, but I know you guys like to go big on these Monday night games. Yes, we do. And uh, you know something, Eli Manning's actually we we discussed this on your uh, Wednesday program. Eli Manning's best performances have all come on the road this year when he doesn't have the pressure of playing in front of that New York crowd that pretty much hates everyone. So he is on the road again tonight in San Francisco, and I expect him off of a bye to actually have a pretty good game. Now, turning your attention to the 49ers tonight, they looked very inspired uh, a week and a half ago against the Raiders, but that was the Oakland Raiders, and as you saw them yesterday, they still haven't scored a touchdown, I don't think, in nine quarters. So I don't know if there's so much you can really go on with the 49er win. Because it looked exactly. like the Oakland Raiders. But so. one thing with tonight, one thing with tonight, Jamie and Cam, is you have two two bad teams with their records, but... Both these teams, if you look at their regular season win totals, they were both pretty high. I mean, San Francisco was eight and a half or something like that, yep. seven and a half or eight, and then yeah, know, that was, that was, was the Jimmy, high. that was the Jimmy Garoppolo. That was the Jimmy Garoppolo hype for the Niners preseason yeah. for the for the win total, and I wasn't really buying into them. As a matter of fact, you know what's crazy? The, the Bears, the Bears, sort of are what people thought the Niners would be this year. Correct. Yeah, I was on the yeah. yeah. This is good call. This, yeah, this is this is true. You're right. That's that's true. And but that was like people thought they'd they'd be in the mix, and the Niners would be like six and, and three at this time of the year. And you guys know oh, yeah. Trubisky's a DFS monster because he gets those underrated rushing yards too. He's very underrated with his feet. You get those bonus points. No, I'm very very high on the Bears. Hey, Jamie and Gabe, uh, what do you guys think? This total keeps on climbing. Usually, when teams who underachieve get together you like the over but it's uh it's up to 45 now guys what's your opinion on this uh total here it's getting a little bit crazy i i actually like the over in this game i ha- I, I happen to really like it when it was around 43 and a half 44 like yeah. you just said ken the total has climbed up to 45 you're talking about two teams that obviously have no uh no shot at making any playoff uh they pretty much going they out should open up the playbook home. yeah exactly you would have to think so and you know you got uh Still got the likes of uh, Odell Beckham. You still got the likes of uh, of Barkley, Saquon Barkley. On the other side, you got you got Goodwin, who might catch a deep ball. You never know for a touchdown. You got Brita, who's actually his average per rush is over five yards a carry. So you got talent on both sides of the ball. So I honestly think this is going to be a higher scoring game because they really have nothing to to lose. You know, I figure what what the hell? Open up the playbook. 
Jamie Heath with us. So the number to call, Jamie, for uh, for you guys over at the Sports Brokers? It's 1-800-220-6262. We're giving tonight's game out absolutely free. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a you know, say, say what you want. It's, a, it's actually it's a garbage game tonight, but we do have a strong opinion on it, so we're giving out. Not only that, we're actually giving out a, a big college basketball game as well tonight. So we want everyone to call 1-800-220-6262. Visit our website. Join our website, thesportsbrokers.com. Monday night uh, football this evening. There's also a full slate of uh, yep. NBA basketball. I haven't really taken a look at the college board uh, tonight too much. I was looking at that Buffalo uh, Buffalo Southern Illinois game, but yep. I'm wondering, I'm a little worried, guys, if it's a letdown right now for the Buffalo Bulls a- like four a- and a half absolutely. on the road. Absolutely. They, they, they just came off a humongous win in, in Morgantown the other day in overtime. They beat the Mountaineers, and now they got to travel into Southern Illinois to play the Salukis, and that line has dropped from four and a half. Now it's down as, as low as three, so... Beware. Just like, I just have to say, beware of that game. And, guys, they got the University of Buffalo Bulls in action versus the Ohio Bobcats this week for some action, too. Busy. Uh, it's nice to see the yeah. school actually doing something. So, yeah, that's, uh, that was a huge. They were 12-point they, dogs versus the Mountaineers, too, outright, Jamie, in overtime. Nice score. Yes, yes they were. No, they're, they're, they've been a pretty good team over the last uh, three or four years. Uh, Bobby Hurley was the coach for them. He went on to Arizona State, but they they got another great coach, and they got a great program. They're definitely on the rise. They've been to the NCAA tournament, so they're proven tested. It's a nice squad. Not to mention the football program. They only have one loss on the season. They lost to the Cadets, yeah, and that's not that that bad of a loss. It looks like because Army's actually having a really good season in football. So that's a that's a big game in the MAC tomorrow. Or I think it's Wednesday, right? Ohio and Buffalo. Yeah, Wednesday. Yep. Yeah. Yep, Wednesday. That's going to be a gr- that's going to be a great game. I mean, if the if the Bulls could pull out a victory in that, I mean, I, I believe they've already clinched the East in that in their conference. But if they could pull out a victory there, they'll be undefeated in that conference, and that's that's pretty good because that conference is pretty competitive. You know, a college basketball game I see that's going on uh, tonight. My Vermont Catamounts uh, are in action. Uh, the Cats, another, gr- another gritty ball club at at Kansas, getting twenty two and a half points. A lot of points. Ooh, it is. I don't know if they have it the is, athletes to handle them for 40 minutes, but, you know, the Catamounts are one of these teams that the you know the general public doesn't really know much about. They figure, ah, oh, you know, Vermont, what the hell is Vermont going to be able to do? But Vermont just play fundamental basketball, right? So they're going to give them, they're going to give themselves, they're going to give themselves a chance to win. You know, obviously they're, they're outgunned. I'm looking at the total here, though, of 150 points. Kansas uh, pretty explosive. Yeah, like it's not that yep. much in today's day and age, Jamie, a buck fifty. Not at all. No, it's not. Uh, Vermont, another team that's been to the NCAAs quite a bit in the last 10 years. Uh, another very well-coached program. And, hey, you know, you, you can't take those teams lightly. And like I said, 22.5 points is a lot of points. Obviously, if you're going to go on athletes, you know Kansas has the athletes. And, you know, but you never know. 22.5 points, you know, maybe Bill South will let up in the end of that game. You never know. I'm kind of leaning with the cats there, uh, Cam. I got to be honest. The plus yeah. is twenty-two and a half, but yeah, I, I, I mean, sweat job. I'm going to go. I'm going to go over to one fifty though in that game. I think we're able to get there. I mean, we saw Kansas. Kansas put up ninety-two points uh, in their opener against Michigan State, and uh, Vermont put up seventy-eight. Pretty impressive at Boston University uh, against the Terriers. Uh, they're the seventy-eight, seventy-two. Um, they got the win. You know, I think they can get into the seventies. High 60s, 70s, and and uh, Kansas get into the 80s. You know, I, I think hey. we can get there. I'm leaning. Yeah, I'm leaning with Vermont here too. 
Could be a good play. Could be a good play. I'm looking at the uh, Stanford North Carolina game. That's the game I'm looking at. And well, what's I, what's your I, thoughts I, here? Big point spread, man. Eight eight. Yeah, it is. Woo! It is. A, it is a big point spread. Uh, if you if your players out there like first halves, I think North Carolina in the first half is actually a very nice play in this game. They're they're playing very strong right now. I like. I like their uh, inside game as well as their outside game. I love their point guard as well. Obviously, Luke, Lucas May is a great player, but I really like the direction North Carolina is going in. And this is Stanford's second game in the last uh, three days uh, on the road. I think they played in NC Wilmington the other day. And now they're, I mean, it's pretty much a short trip to, to play the Tar Heels from there, but still, they've been, they've been pretty much in North Carolina the last three or four days. Maybe they're parting, who knows, but I like Carolina in the first half. I think that's a good play. J- Jamie Heath, the sportsbrokers.com. Check out the website. We'll get you the number to call. Uh, they got a free pick on tonight's game. If you call you call uh, them over the sports brokers. So we'll speak later in the week, Jamie. But you got Notre Dame and uh, Syracuse on Saturday, Yankee Stadium. Uh, big Great college game. football game. Uh, Notre Dame still have to go to USC, but USC obviously aren't the same USC Trojans. So this is going to be the USC, toughest test USC, for Notre Dame. USC. USC's five and five, and they just lost to Cal at home this past weekend. What has happened yep. to the University of USC? What's happened to USC? What has happened to that program? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. That's what yeah, Clay, yeah, Clay, Clay Helton, their offense is horrible. Like they, uh, they, like even even in the win against Colorado, Jamie, you look at these guys. Like they can't do. They couldn't do anything like against California at home. Like it's just it's crazy. Like you watch USC, exactly they used can. to score. They, they used to they, score at will. Like Penn yeah, State in the bowl can't, game, they, like it's it's not can't score any points anymore. The only team they scored any points on this year was against Oregon State, and if the three of us got together and got on the field, we would probably score some points against Oregon <laughs> State. So that, that that really doesn't say much for for USC, does it? I mean, they can't run, they can't throw. I don't know what Clay Helton's got to be in trouble. I would think this, this could be his last year. Who knows? I mean, I don't it's, know. It's a it's an attitude it thing too, Brett. See. I told you, like they were leading against Cal too. Like they were up like thirteen, fourteen, nothing. Like, like they 14, scored nothing. early, and then and they didn't score for the rest of the game. Game. They just Cal slowly came back. Safety, touchdown, touchdown. Like USC is atrocious, man. I'll fade them all year. Brilliant. They really are. So, like you said, Gabe, uh, this Notre Dame Syracuse game is pretty much going to be all you know for all the marbles for for uh, Notre Dame as far as their playoff chances. If they they beat Syracuse, and that's not an easy task, Syracuse. And I like this team from the beginning of the season. Before the season started, I said this was going to be one of the most uh, improved ACC teams. I love that coach. You know, he came from Bowling Green. He's got a great system. And their defense, surprisingly, has been playing really well, way above uh, anyone's thoughts before the season started. So that's going to be a tough game for uh, Notre Dame. It's in Yankee Stadium, right, I believe? Yeah, it's Yankee Stadium, neutral field. And there's a lot of Syracuse fans going to be making a trip. And there's a lot of Syracuse alum uh, in the New York area, obviously, uh, already. Look what Syracuse did to, in Clemson, too. Clemson had to come back in that game. Like, Syracuse dominated yes, Clemson and, and Clemson game. That's like, the thing, yeah. You know, good Clemson. Syracuse is the real deal, man. Like, well, they, beat, and they beat Clemson last year. They also exactly. beat Clemson yeah, last year. So, they have shown Syracuse. Yeah, so Syracuse have shown that they can play with the big boys. Like, if you're yep, thinking, and, you know, I remember Syracuse a couple of years ago were a little bit undersized, kind of skinnier kids on defense and more of a speed defense, but... They've gotten a little bigger. They are very still speed-based, but, you know, they, they can hang with real teams. It's not like if, if you haven't seen Syracuse play and you think, wow, they're just beating bad teams. No, they're in the ACC, and they only have two losses, and they've competed. They beat Clemson. They, they took Clemson to the brink this year. Uh, once again, they're competitive, and it's on a neutral field. It's a dangerous game. They're getting nine and a half points uh, in, this, yeah. uh, in this football game. 
Um, so, you know, not a great game here tonight. But uh, like I said, it's all about bets, man. Who cares about what the standings are, right? It's about uh, what happens and if you can, you can win money on a game. So uh, the number to call, you get a free pick from the sports brokers. Uh, let people know the number to call, Jamie. It's 1-800-220-6262. Visit our website. Join our website, thesportsbrokers.com. We're giving this game away for absolutely free. Just give us a call or visit our website. Game's on us tonight. Jamie, when we talk when we talk to Jamie next time Thursday night or classic Green Bay versus Seattle that should be a, a good much dog better, fight much there. better much better matchup than tonight's matchup let me exactly tell you. That, that should be yeah these the two game. teams these two teams I'm sure it's going to be reminiscent and uh, no doubt they'll show um, it was Green Bay in Seattle wasn't it with the replacement yeah. refs and, and that controversial oh, yeah. Yeah. Down catch yeah, yeah the imaginary touchdown. Yeah. That was that was on a Monday that was on a Monday night. That was that game was on a Monday night. And don't forget that sick playoff game they had a couple years back yep. in Seattle. That was a great game as well. So anytime these two teams get together, I'll never forget there was a game in in Seattle when they played actually it was in Green Bay a playoff game when uh Matt Hasselback uh, won, won yeah. the we'll take the, we're gonna we're, we're gonna win the game. <laughs> we'll take the ball right. and we're gonna we're gonna take the ball and we're gonna score. Pick six. Thanks, and Matt. We're score. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I remember it all too well. <laughs> yep. So that, 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 that's actually a great rivalry, those two teams, when they get together. It really is. So yeah. And, and two, of the the, best, the loser, two of the best quarterbacks out there. The loser is essentially done uh, the lo- this year. The loser, the loser is going to be the loser for sure for the season because, like you said, they're, they're done. Whoever loses that game, if Green Bay loses that game, that would be their fifth loss on the season, I believe. And if uh, – and if Seattle loses, yeah, that's that's pretty much going to be curtains for them as well. I mean, there's no shot of them winning the division, but they their only shot right now to make the playoffs would be a wild card, and that would completely destroy their chances if they lose to Green Bay. Yeah, they're 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 in tough right now. Except you know, no one's really running away with anything. If you're Green Bay, you're four four and one. Minnesota's only five three and one. Chicago's exactly. only six and three. Green Bay's not waving any towel yet. Check out uh, Jamie, Kevin Todd, and the crew over at thesportsbrokers.com. Thanks, Jamie.